Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Razorback fans, and welcome to another fabulous episode of the Hawk Talk Podcast. We just wanted to say thank you for downloading and listening to what myself, Ty Hudson, Jacob, and our producer Porter all have to say on all things Razorback Athletics. For those of you on iTunes or Spotify, wherever, however you're listening to our content, if you would please leave behind a written review and, I don't know, maybe give us some star power, that'd be excellent. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks again from your boys here at the HTP. What is going on, Arkansas Razorback fans? It's a big one. The big 5-0 for the Hog Talk Podcast. We originally pushed this back because we're trying to get Jacob on and maybe trying to get a guest on for the show, but it's just too little too late. Jacob's busy, and it's really hard to get people. I mean, you know, my gosh, it's Christmas, right? It's the holidays. It's just uh, everyone's got family stuff going on. So Porter and I are going to slay this podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy what we got for you we're going to start off a little bit of basketball and then we'll transition to football there's so much that happened today i'm kind of glad honestly porter that we waited till tonight to do this oh definitely you know we were sitting here talking you know amongst ourselves on marco polo we're like man we have nothing to go on and it's pretty much going to be the same as last week's and then bam 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 these things just fall in our lap so it's uh, incredible Razorback gods was looking out for us tonight. They were. <laughs> they were, especially the football ones. Yeah. They knew it was our 50th episode, so they were trying to make it special for us and our fans. How about that? How about that? Episode 50, it falls 50. right before, yeah, 50, falls right before Christmas. We had nothing to go on until, you know, they announced the OC and then Rakeem Boyd said he's going to come back. That all happened within like an hour. And, and then, of course, I had my live show and I was thinking today, too, I don't know what I'm going to talk about on my live show because there's just nothing really going on and other than basketball with that close win against Val. And then all of a sudden, here we are. And it's it's just what a difference, you know. 24 hours can make it's incredible episode 50 excited we're really it's unfortunate jacob couldn't be here with us but that's okay porter and i've been killing it and we're going to continue to do so uh, let's start off first with the women's porter i'll let you take it from here with the with the with the women's team how well they've looked over the weekend and, and just kind of uh give your thoughts on all that well they had a tough you know pretty tough matchup with little rock i mean i know in, in other aspects you know you hear little rock and it's it's a pushover but that coach down there has developed a program down there that is neighbors respects the crap out of that coach. And, um, I mean, he mentioned it numerous, numerous times, you know, that he's just hated that it was against his program and major kudos. Uh, I mean, a dominant win, another, another run. And, you know, Chelsea Dungy again, shines. She scored her thousandth career point at Arkansas. Uh, coach neighbors had talked about, you know, how they were going to do it and, and, and transition her points over from Oklahoma that she had, she had 200 and something points from uh, Oklahoma, but that's her thousandth point at Arkansas. And it took her only 49 games to get there. So Razorback fans, she still has a season and a half left of eligibility. That's incredible. That is incredible. And, and I don't, you'll have to get us up to date on, on whether or not, 
it's it's rare that the women team or that the the top players in women's basketball and college basketball leave uh, before their senior year. So it, I think, from what I know, she's, she's, she I don't think she goes to the WNBA, but she's good enough. I think you and I can agree she is definitely good enough to jump into the WNBA like right now. She's, yeah, she's, I don't think they do in the because I know Brianna Stewart, all those greats at UConn. My, my dad, he lived in Connecticut. Uh, and from 97 to 2000. So I really got to follow uh, UConn women's basketball when it started, uh, you know, Shea Raff oh, wow. and, and yeah. all that. So it was really, you know, me, my best friend in high school, she was a Tennessee fan and I was a UConn fan. So we really, they, back in the day when Gino first started coming up, you know, Pat Summit, I mean, they had some battles. But yeah, I don't think they can go because I know UConn's greats and, Baylor's had some good players and they've stayed through their season and they don't make enough, you know, to yeah. go pro. So it's, it's not as lucrative as it is in, in the men's game. Yeah. So you've got another, like you said, another season and a half. She's going to, I don't know what the record is for the women's. I'm assuming probably someone like Christy Smith has that record. Maybe um, that's the only, that's the only name I can think of as far as points. Cause I know she yeah, was a baller back Christy in the day Smith that has the points. Or, just think about this, this lineup for next year. You have Eaton as a freshman, Michaela Daniels as a sophomore, and then you got Telsey Dungy as a as a senior, along with the, the uh, Taylor Thomas and um, Amber Ramirez next wow. year. Yeah. Well, they <laughs> and you've seen them more in in person than I have, and I watched them once, and then when we figured out who they were playing against, like their the caliber team they were playing against out of uh, was Oklahoma City. Yeah, Oklahoma City University. Yep. And they're pretty damn good in Arkansas. And I thought, I don't know, are they going to be any good this year? Like, they look like they're struggling just a little bit. And then we find out later, wait, that's actually a really good team they just beat in an exhibition game. So uh, I can't wait to go back and and, uh, get the opportunity to watch them. The men's team played uh, Val last uh, uh, Saturday. And it wasn't – well, it started off okay – and obviously it wasn't on TV. You couldn't watch it unless you were uh, watching Pinto TV, Pinto, ESPN Pinto on Twitter or on Periscope. Yeah, ESPN but, the Pinto. ESPN the Pinto. Yeah, you've got the Ocho, then you got the Pinto. Um, and how about that? The University of Arkansas giving him a shout-out. Did you see that on Twitter? That, yes. That, I mean, how, how awesome is that, that they recognize that? I mean, and I tweeted out. You know, they had 15,000 in Simmons Bank Arena, and he had 17,000 streaming. So he outsold <laughs> Simmons Bank Arena. And that tells you a lot here. That tells you, A, that we are hungry for a successful basketball program. And when you're winning, they want to be a part of it. They want to watch it. They want to see it. They want to witness it. And then also for the University of Arkansas to, to recognize him. And I wish they would do more fan service like that. See the see the fans out here hustling on Twitter and on social media to spread the good word. You know, and... and and, and interacting with fans on, on Twitter. You don't see Arkansas do that. I've seen other school Twitter handles do that or social media handles do that, but Arkansas just doesn't seem to do that. And then they do that with Pinto, and I thought that was that was awesome. Good for him. Um, staying with Twitter really quick, we put out a poll, and I mean, this thing just, I mean, it exploded, and I don't have, uh, I don't have the, the actual Twitter, what we posted up, but it was a, let me find it here. But we, we, we posted about the OC job, you know, who, who excites you the most? And obviously it was the three that we've heard over and over. 
Here it is. I got it up here now. Of the names most mentioned for the OC job at Arkansas, who excites you the most? Again, this thing is its not even over with yet. It's still got a little bit of time. Oh, no, it does. My bad. It's over with. Okay, it ended. Um, I thought I had an hour left. Bryles, Lashley, and Applewhite. And this thing had almost 1,100 total votes. Bryles ran away with this thing at 75%. Lashley at 17%. Applewhite at 8%. Well, those fans got their wish. Because uh, that's your OC now. How about that? Bryles is your guy. And I'm going to be real with you. The only other name that would excite me more, and I don't know how much more, but for me it would have been Lashley. But Bryles is a pretty big pickup, Porter. Oh, definitely, yes. I mean, that was the flash, and that was the name. And and I know we had talked previously about you know our thoughts of it. And you know I, I reached out to some people who have, have followed him and other programs and you know, I, I trust what their opinions on what they had to say. And they said his tenure at Florida State, that there was no negative comments. There was nothing that was brought up to question. And they were very um, thorough in his uh, interview process at Florida State. So, you know, I, I, I aired my thoughts on my concerns and I feel good about it. I'm OK with it. And I mean, the, the home run hires, I mean, you got Odom, your defensive coordinator, you have Bryles now at your OC and Pittman at your head hog. I mean, Pittman don't have to babysit his first year. He can no. let his guys do their jobs and, and build this foundation and, and go out there and, and, and win some games. Yeah, it's it's so imperative that you, you bring in coordinators and, and members of this staff that have some noise behind their names, right? Like Odom is a DC, arguably – one of the best defensive coordinators, and as far as a name, what other name carries more noise than Odom as a defensive coordinator? It's just I don't know that it gets much better than that. I'm going to tell you right now, I he's got his work cut out for him. You know, there's a lot of work that needs to be done on the defensive side of the ball, but my gosh, I don't know that you could get a bigger name than than Odom. And then as an offensive coordinator, you got Bryles here, who's who's done wonders everywhere he's been. Florida State, he had kind of an up and down year, from what I understand. They had some quarterback issues and and some yes. health. Yeah. Some yeah, health. They, they had some. I mean, quarterback issues. I mean, back in the Alabama game when that one Francois went down, they were they were ranked third at the time. But Florida State was six and six this year, and and had the quarterback controversies and still ranked thirty third in pass offense. Wow. In, in the nation. So, I mean, even with what little he had to work with, they were still in the top 30, 35 in, in pass offense. The uh, the other thing about, about Bryles, and people bring this up, is the possibility of getting this Derek King kid out of Houston. Um, I, I guess there's a, an established relationship there. Derek, who's a uh, he's a fourth-year senior, so he, he's – Correct me if I'm wrong. He's, he's eligible as a grad transfer. So at 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 uh, as a senior, he's out of Manville, Texas. His junior year, or what I assume is his junior year, uh, 219 completions out of 345 attempts, almost 3,000 yards passing. Listen to this: 36 passing touchdowns to six interceptions. He had a uh, uh, so it puts him he's right at about 64% pass completion ratio with an adjusted quarterback rating at 167. And then last year I I I don't know what happened with him on his senior year in 2019, but he only threw the ball 110 times. Apparently he only played four games. Someone had said I, so I was live right before we started recording on the uh, 
Pictorial Network YouTube channel, I was live and someone said in my chat, and maybe this was also Discord, but something happened his senior year. He only played four games and they stated that he redshirted. So I don't I, I'm I don't know what's going on with this Dorit King kid, but apparently I've been told keep a lookout for him. Arkansas could have a chance of getting him on campus. Uh, I, I I think if you want to improve quite a bit at the quarterback position, you're going to need a grad transfer, or you're going to need someone a little bit older to carry this offense. KJ I think is still too young. He'll be a redshirt freshman. They got their work cut out for him. But oh my gosh, they what a way to start the coordinators. Uh, you know, the offensive line coach supposedly is quality. They got the tight end coach out of UCF. Like, apparently they are building just from the position coaches, not even just the coordinators, but the position coaches, they're already off to a good start. This is the way you do it. You have to build a confident staff around yourself to make this thing work. And I've been saying that since Pittman got hired. I don't toot my horn very often, but I am going to say this. That's the one, well, one of the two big things about bringing on Pittman He's going to have that ability to bring a, a good staff. He's going to build a solid staff here, and that's what it's going to take. As a guy who's never been a head coach on any level, it's what's going to take. He's going to have to build a confident staff around him uh, you know, to have any kind of hope you know, moving forward. Oh, definitely. And when you can bring two guys from other Division I programs to take the same position at your school, that, that shows – the respect that they give him. I mean, he's, he's been in the game a long time, been a coach. And so for Browse and Odom, I mean, I guess basically from what, you know, Pittman said about Odom, he was in the car when he got Pittman got hired on his way down here. So, I mean, <laughs> it, it's just, it's crazy. But that, that shows a lot about Pittman and, and the respect other coaches got. And to, I, I know that I, I give the hires an A. I would give it oh, an A gosh. plus, you know, but I mean, you got you got to with the circumstances and what of of the quality that you had the, of the coaching pool and who he got. I mean, you got to give it an A. Yeah, I have a hard time not uh, <laughs> not. Uh, it's hard to look at the hires and go, ah, you know, they're okay. Like th- this is probably already one of the best staff we've, we've had on campus in a long time. Uh, and I know we could look back and say, well, so and so left as a you know, as a coordinator, go here, go there as, a, as an NFL guy, and you look at this guy. But as far as the hype bringing these guys on, the, the caliber of coaches these uh, these guys already are, they're already established names. That's huge. I, I can't remember. Don't get me wrong. Chavis on paper, on paper, I want to be clear about that. Obviously, the uh, result on the field here was terrible for two years, but that was a big name guy that didn't work out. And I think he just, I, I don't know what happened with Chavis, but I'm hoping that Odom can get this thing turned around. Really quick on Bryles, just give you a backstory on him. We know he was at Baylor. He was at Baylor from 08 till 2016. He was there with his dad. He was the uh, he was the wide receiver coach for a little while. Then he was the, I think he played a little bit of a, quality control role to there early on but then he eventually became the quarterback coach slash offensive coordinator then he went on to FAU as an assistant head coach offensive coordinator quarterback coach and then he moved on to Houston where he put up some big numbers especially on the ground Uh, but he was the assistant head coach there he was OC quarterback coach from uh, just that one year at at, at, uh, Houston uh, so one year at Florida Atlantic in 2017, then one year at Houston in 2018, then 2019, he was the offensive coordinator slash quarterback coach. So he will, and what I, from what I understand, he will be coaching the quarterbacks. So he's now maybe that changes. I don't know, but from what 
I read today and what I was told, he's going to be OC slash quarterback coach. And that I, I don't have a problem with that. I still, I'd still love Clint Sterner to come in and coach the quarterbacks or be some sort of uh, quality control guy or something to help out. But I would definitely want him involved with the quarterbacks. I don't know, I don't know how you feel about that, but I, I'd like that. But if if they're going to keep him on as as OC and as quarterback coach, Kendall Bryles, that is, I'm okay with that too. Yeah, any anytime you get a guy with Big Twelve experience, I mean. Who's coaching the Big Twelve? You that I mean, they've produced a lot of quarterbacks. Even with the middle tier teams of that conference, I mean, you look at Texas Tech, Clingsbury and Keenum, and those guys who come out of college. I mean, they were amazing quarterbacks. And then when he was at Houston, and so forth and so on. And if they if he could have had a quarterback that stayed and and he could have developed a Florida State quarterback, I mean, they would have been good. They just they had a lot of injuries and a lot of off the field issues down there. I don't. I don't have the information in front of me, and I don't mean to put you on the spot here. But do you know is he going to coach Florida State in their bowl game? Is he going to be? A I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I would say maybe, but I mean, I haven't heard. I mean, we're just hearing this news breaking, you know, a yeah. couple hours ago. So yeah, that I can't quote on because I don't. I don't know. I'd have to ask somebody else about that. But for as far as I know, it could be one of them situations like. Um, what's Norvell out of out of Memphis if they would have him coach but I mean it being a coordinator position I seriously doubt it yeah because I mean that's just kind of unheard I mean I think if you take a position to somewhere else they're kind of like well you go on and and Florida State's in a meaningless bowl so it ain't like he's trying to coach them for a a college football playoff or something yeah um I was I thought I thought I'd seen something about uh about him still coaching but I, I don't know how uh, legitimate that source was it was just someone you know some yahoo on uh, on Twitter you know how these yahoos act on Twitter they're know-it-alls they yeah. know more than we do and and that's fine they probably do but you you don't ever know what source to trust even the media they get it wrong so often so I wasn't really sure did you uh, have you had a chance to watch any bowl games no I have not I listened to um, a couple, and if um, and I did get to watch um, the finale of the Arkansas State. And if I could, just for a second, man, I, I uh, posted on Facebook about that. Man, hats off to Coach Anderson. The year he he had, what he went through, and you know, I, I said, you know, my wife's my best friend, and I couldn't imagine losing her, and then having to pick yourself up not only going to work, but coaching a football team. And, and for him to do that, pick himself up, coach his guys, and, and for them to win and them to show him love, man, hats off to him. He coach of the year in my, in my book. And, you know, they got a really good wide receiver and Omar Bayless that he's going to make an NFL team very happy. Yeah, they won. Uh, they beat Florida International thirty-four to twenty-six, and I didn't get a chance to watch that game. I'm going to say this: hats off to him. Congrats to him. Uh, you know his his team. They supported him, and they were there for him, and and the uh, you know the family and friends inside and out that program. Uh, you know that's cool to see. On the other hand, I absolutely hate Arkansas State. <laughs> uh, I, there, I don't know how many of them have their fans blocked me on Twitter. They don't want this smoke, Porter. They don't want it. Uh, I hate Arkansas State, but I'm happy for them. I'm happy for that win they got. 
uh, over FIU. A pretty salty FIU bunch. They were six and six on the year. Arkansas State obviously eight and four. You wonder had, and I mean, God bless them. Nothing you could do about what happened off the field, but you wonder had you know some of that not happened. What they what they could have accomplished this year. Um, but for him to fight through it, that says even more. For him to come back and coach, holy cow. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I, I would have no issue at all if they want to make him coach of the year. I do think he needs to get out of Arkansas State. I think he's capable, maybe not after this year, but after next year, I think he's capable of taking on a Power 5 job. I, I think he's that caliber of a coach. And, and I look, I don't know if he – because his name did come up in the Arkansas search – I don't know that that would have excited anybody here just simply because, you know, he hasn't exactly lit the world on fire at Arkansas State in the, some, in, in the same way that other coaches have there. Um, but I wouldn't have been opposed to it either. And I think give, give him another year or two to develop as a head coach. He could be somewhere big, at a, you know, or start out somewhere at maybe a, a mid or small level Power 5 school and work his way up. I think he's that caliber of a head coach. So congrats to the Red Wolves on their victory over FIU 34 to. 26 in the uh what's it called the camellia bowl camellia bowl yeah one of them <laughs> them all-star 25 dollar general bowls or i don't know there's so many bowl games now I, it's hard to keep track of them oh, and they keep changing God. their names like you know it's that. crazy i hate it uh, didn't the uh, i think it was the belk bowl didn't they bow out aren't they done too the belk is no longer going to sponsor that bowl i think's what i read uh, it's oh, just... did Jerry Sprinkle hit them up again? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, no. No, you didn't. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I am drinking eggnog, and yes, it is a little spiked right now, so I'm sure we're uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a good old time on this one. Um, okay. And then the other big news. Man, this boy, big, big news. Back. Yes. I, I like I, I'm going to be real. I, I'm going to be straight up honest about this. I said it over and over. I said it in my live streams. I said it here. I said it in Discord. There's no way this guy's coming back. I've told you guys on on the Marco Polo. There's there have been rumors that he wasn't happy under Chad and he wanted out. Even with Sam Pittman coming in, I felt like you know what? I just think he's got his mindset on the NFL. But no, no, he's coming back, Porter. Tell me how huge this is. Tell me. Tell the audience just how big it is to have a guy like that coming back. I mean, we could talk about his numbers, but holy cow. Well, I mean, I'll start off with his numbers right there. You know, I mean, with with the O-line we had, he had 1,000 yards rushing. Mm -hmm. With the offensive coordinator we had. (laughs) So we bring in a a staff who's exciting. I mean, if you got a guy – who was wanting to go to the NFL draft and he just, it's kind of like flipping a kid from LSU to Arkansas. You flipped him from the NFL draft to come back to Arkansas and play Perfect and for him to come back. He sees what his, he has around him in Knox and um, Burks and what the guys can do with, with the staff. And it's just going to open up the run game more. It's, I mean, it's exciting to see what he's going to be able to do him getting a thousand yards this year, what he's going to be able to do. And I'll tell you another thing. You've got two to three good backs in in the NFL. I don't know if uh, Chuba Hubbard out of Oklahoma State's a senior or not, but you definitely got Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin going. I'm, I'm hearing rumors of uh, Travis Etienne out of Clemson going to the pro. So you're looking at your draft stock and what other running backs is there. I mean, he would probably be a second or third, maybe fourth round pick. He comes back another year. 
with a developed coach that, who can up his draft stock. And there's not going to be that many running backs in, in the draft for the next year. That we know I mean, of. Yeah. That we know of. But I'm just saying, I mean, he could go from a third to fourth round to a late first to a, a late second round pick. I mean, so it could end up really, really helping his game. I, I, it, it can, it can. And there's something else too that's special about this. The running back position, and again, I mentioned this on the on the uh, on the live show today. The running back position has changed so much in just ten years. You know, it's now you don't see teams. You don't have just. And, and don't get me wrong. You got your Todd Gurley. You got your Zeke's. You know, at, uh, you know, Elliot at, at, with the Cowboys. You've got guys that stand out. But a lot of teams they they use running back by committee. You know, they they have. Their change of pace backs, you know, the guy who can probably pass block a little bit better and maybe get you those third and goal and third and short situations. Then you got your all purpose backs who can catch the ball out of the backfield, catch the screens and the smoke screens and what have you. And it's, but another reason why they do this too is because of the durability of the position. Nobody lasts at running back anymore. If you get a guy, you know, anymore, it's like, yeah, he had four great years. He's done. He's he's now he's down. He's downhill. And that also, I know this affects these kids in college. They know that coming back, that's another year of durability that you got to deal with. That's another year of getting banged up, especially in the SEC. We all know how physical this damn conference is. Even if the conference overall is taking a little bit of a step back in terms of their overall power compared to what they were, you know, six or seven years ago. But defense, the talent is on defense for sure in this conference. And you're going to get banged up. There's still a physicality factor in the SEC with teams like still with Alabama and LSU and Auburn. You saw how good their defensive front is. They're physical. These kids are going to take a beating. And nobody knows that more than Rakeem Boyd. But, but who cares about that for him? This kid says, you know what? I want to be a part of a rebuild. How huge is that? And how much? Man, that's a hog. That's a Razorback. That's someone who wants to be a part of something special. You know, and we said this before, it's rinse and repeat, be a part of another rebuild. Here we go again. But I mean, for him to, to, to everything he's went through, going through the Juco ranks or what happened at A&M, going to Juco, coming to Arkansas, we're watching on, on Last Chance U, he's crying on in front of millions on Netflix. He's gone through an emotional journey to come here, put on, I mean, he leaves it all on the field for two years and there's all these rumors that he's going to go pro, but then he throws a he throws a, a, a curveball at everybody, and he says, "You know what? I'm coming back." That's huge, and he knows what could happen because you know again, it's a physical game. I don't have to tell our audience that everybody knows how physical and what can happen with the injuries. And despite that, he's coming back and wants to be a part of it. I'm sorry, this kid, this kid's a damn hero in my book. Like I, I, you know, that's a hog hero in my book. I am. Really happy that he's coming back, and obviously it's gonna it's gonna help them out big time. Because with him gone, you've got the transfer from Arizona, Devall Whaley graduating. There's still rumors out there. Supposedly Chase Hayden may bolt. I, I don't know what the latest is on that. That's been a rumor really since halfway through the year. Maybe that's all it is. Who knows? Then you've got a freshman in Amante Spivey who will come back. I think he kept his red shirt, so he'll be a red shirt freshman. So you've got a lot of questions at that position. Now all of a sudden here we are, and it's like okay. Your <laughs> your running back position's fine with Rakeem Boyd, so I don't I don't well, know. I and don't more importantly, bigger than that. More importantly, and what he's trying to do, Coach Pittman's trying to build his foundation. How important is it now to have an offensive leader, 
somebody like Raheem Boyd to come back and be that offensive leader, you know, that leadership in the locker room that we've not had an, an offensive or defensive leader. That's what they talked about. That senior leadership has been lacking for three to four years now. So yeah. for him to come back and provide that type of mentorship and leadership, to hold that team together, I think that gets you a game right there. That that fourth quarter when we're down and he, he can bring the team together and be like, hey, let's get this one. Yeah, that's that's very important. That's very important. I, I'm impressed with him. And and some people are gonna say, I know they're gonna hear this and they're gonna go, Well, he probably got a poor draft grade. And maybe that's the case, but regardless, he's turning down he's turning down money. I, you know, these kids, we look at it and we go, Okay, you're not a first rounder, why would you even bother? But to these kids, to a 19, 20, 21-year-old kid, that's, I mean, half a million dollars is half a million dollars. Holy crap. You know, that's a lot of money to them. And for him to turn that down and, um, I don't know, it's, I think that's pretty special. And, and he's not the only one. You're going to have that this year. You're going to have kids who, yeah, they probably do get a poor draft grade and and uh, you want to give it another shot their senior year. I I just think that's a hog, man. When, when I think Rakeem Boyd absolutely was at least a fourth-rounder. You know, I think he was that caliber of talent at the running back position. I thought he was a fourth or fifth rounder. Was going to make decent money and then get a chance to prove himself year one, year two in the NFL, and then maybe maybe land a big contract down the road. But I, there's no doubt in his own mind, in his own mind, he thinks he's probably, you know, one of the greats as far as draft picks or running backs, right? Like in his own, I mean, you know, think about yeah, he, age he feels at that like time. He could be another Alex Collins. I mean, exactly. And, and he comes back for another year. I mean, that tells you two things. He was very disgusted with last year's staff and, and how he just like, man, I'm over this. And then, again, it shows what promise he's seen in, in the coaching staff that Sam Pittman with Bryles and Odom. So, you know, you, you got a guy, and this is another angle we didn't even thought about. You bring in a defensive coordinator who can keep the defense on the field. That way the offense ain't right back there if they're in 30, 45 seconds. Boyd's going to be able to do a little 10-yard <laughs> drive and go back and rest a little bit because they're going to have a defense that could probably stay on the field for a little bit. A lot of people don't think about that when it comes to the durability of a running back. In a, in a good way. In, in just yeah, to clarify, yeah. I get what you're saying. Like they're not, they're not out on the field for three plays and the offense scores and you're right back out on the field. Um, yeah, I agree. Exactly, you're gonna, exactly. And maybe – God willing, maybe they actually take the ball away a little bit more. I don't know. Now that you've got Curl, who's entered the draft, pick, he, or the 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 uh, draft, who's who's going to go to the NFL Combine, in my opinion, will be a will get drafted. But you don't have him, and he was one of your better takeaway guys on on defense, especially among your DBs. But maybe God willing, they can actually take the ball away and get the offense and uh, out on the field and give him more opportunities. Hopefully, uh, here's the question: Are they going to feed him the rock more than eleven damn times a game? Yeah, I, I mean, really, what were they doing? What was Chad Morris and this staff doing, giving him the ball like eleven times a game? What the hell was that? Are you kidding me? I hope they do. I think they will. I think they're going to know and understand. You're going to get a more confident offensive coordinator who knows what the hell he's doing, uh, calling the plays, and can actually orchestrate it, <laughs> put out a better product than what we've had in the last two years. Had a um, Discord question. We asked Discord if they had any questions, and David Dixon. Wants to know what our grade is on the OC hire. I'll let you go first. I mean, we already kind of touched on this a little bit, but I'll let you give an actual grade. With the talent pool that was there to get from an OC and to get 
your your one your main target. I think that he was their main target from the get go. You got to give it an A. I don't give any A pluses out because they haven't done nothing at the at the school yet. But as of a hire, you got to give it an A. Yeah, I think you know I. I'm always a little skeptical, right? Like, so I'm always like, ah, you know, okay, what happened at Florida State with him? What, what exactly? Why weren't they great? And then, like you said, they had some issues with injuries and the quarterback position. They had some problems there. Um, I think it's, I definitely think it's an A hire, and and I think Odom is an A hire. I think overall, like what you said earlier, this is an A hire. Like the staff they're putting together right now is. Uh, it's. I mean, this is incredible. We got another question. This is from Matt. Matt H. in our Discord. Uh, what kind of defense can we expect year one from Odom? Hmm. It's hard. I mean, because this is another thing we got to realize is he don't have his pieces in place. And that's when, like, when Pittman was talking about going to that RPO, he's probably talking about with what he has. I mean, especially with Boyd back. You got K.J. Jefferson, Boyd. Knox and Burks to work with, yeah, you're running our RPO system. You know, I mean, that's just the because if you don't have a proven offensive line to block, you want to get you the ball out as fast as possible, and you want to manipulate your defense as much as possible. So, but with the defense, I mean, he's probably going to try to run a three front, you know, um, and bring pressure from the linebackers. I mean, it's just that's that's where things are kind of going now. If he I, has I, the talent, I don't know. I think that was his reputation as a as a defensive coordinator, someone who could who uh, disguised blitzes really well and liked that three front, but could operate with a four front, but liked that three four base defense, which is what I mean. Let's be real; like seventy percent of the NFL runs three four. You know, and most your you know a lot of college programs have gone that way too the last decade. Um, another question from Ronnie in our Discord, and again for everyone listening, this isn't. Like live, we're not live somewhere. We're just reading off questions from our Discord. Uh, while we were recording, I went ahead and hit them up and said, "Hey, if you got any questions, we're recording." Um, but Ronnie wants to know our good old pal Ronnie. <laughs> Early win total? Question mark. Mm. Nope. <laughs> You're not even gonna touch it, nope. are you? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. Nope. I. You, we're going to get asked this so many times, and I nope. every live stream I'm asked this multiple times. Nope. I uh, ain't drank that much yet. Yeah, I just, like I said in the live stream, I did say on the, on the outside looking in, a too early, you know, they're all about these too early rank polls. Um, I will say at first, at first glance, three wins would be great. <laughs> But I'm not going to give you my prediction. Not going to do that. We're going to wait until uh, probably like what I did last year, anyways, with the fall uh, with fall camp. Once yeah, we get I can run that. with that because I mean, you take Notre Dame out, and they have three other non-conference games that they can win, and then of course, you know, we don't know where we're at on the, on the SEC slate. So yeah, I mean, I guess it be safe to to push three, but I'm not giving any kind of prediction. But but I kind of want to touch on something we're talking about Boyd coming back. Yeah, and I'm going over to to uh, Cuba Hubbard's stats. And in a Big 12 offense where it's air raid, air raid, air raid, this guy has 309 attempts this year for 1,936 yards and 21 touchdowns. Now, where is this at now? Where are you looking this at? Is, this is Chuba Hubbard out of Oklahoma State. Oh, okay. This is his stats. So, I mean, the, the promise of even if you got that air raid offense, you can still give the man the ball 
300 times 1,900 yards. Chuba. I mean, Chuba is a, a special back, but it still mm-hmm. shows that you can run the ball with this type of offense. Oh, yeah. So he, that's promising. That's something, too. I I have not been able to lock down time to just sit and do more reading on what he likes to do on offense. From what I understand, it's not necessarily air raid, but it is spread, kind of RPO, four wide sets. Um, I, and now I don't know how true this is. I was looking at some uh, uh, some what people were saying on Twitter, and they said that he doesn't really utilize the tight end a whole lot. I don't know. Again, I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, I haven't done my due diligence yet or any research. And, and obviously, when we get more information on on what he is as an OC, we'll I'll, you know we'll share it here. And, and Porter, it sounds like you know more a lot about what he does as an offensive play caller than I do, but. Um, I it am all depends on what see. you have to work with. I mean, if you ain't got the tight ends to, to work with, you're not going to get on the ball. I mean, yeah. you, you got to look at, you know, when you're at Baylor, I mean, they run the, the guy this year, they had at Baylor tight end. I mean, but they got to be a, to be a tight end in that system, you better be good. I mean, or they're just going to have you block. I mean, you got to be very versatile and be able to get, I mean, basically, have a tight end with with running back speed to be able to get mm-hmm. in the flats, get out in the middle, open up. But like I've said before, you know, and I tried to say this about Chad Morris, it's very imperative that you get that tight end involved more because when yeah. you put that tight end in the middle of the field, you're throwing him the ball. That opens up the whole field for your receivers. Well, I'll say this: if if he does run four wide sets and he likes to run a little bit of the RPO out of that, which again I don't know if he does or not, tight ends are usually pretty important in that role. Like, yes. So I, I don't I don't know. I get, I'm starting to believe. All right, don't believe everything you read on Twitter. Okay, we'll go over that one more time, Ty. I think I need to I need to practice what I preach a little bit. But well, and the tight ends I, are blocking. You can even block for a tight end and using that full wide set, like those, mm-hmm. those kind of rub plays that are kind of iffy, mm-hmm. you know, they, they use the tight end to kind of rub. They put, you know, they put your slot that a tight end in the middle. And then he kind of sets a little, little rub play where the, the slot back can go break out to the outside. I mean, there's many things you can do to utilize the tight end. Well, I, I think you've got some pretty good talent here, obviously with Hudson Henry, uh, who needs also a little bit of time to develop, but, they won't redshirt him, I don't think, and he'll be on the field. Um, I'm kind of surprised he didn't get more playing time last year, even even uh, before Cheyenne O'Grady left the team. But slowly we started we started seeing him more and more. I do believe he retained his redshirt as well, so uh, so you'll have him. So uh, CJ Razor in our Discord wanted to remind us that uh, Drew Francis, the three-star linebacker, decommitted today. And I, I don't... I don't have any information on, on, on that, but that shouldn't surprise anybody. Uh, I believe probably what happened is Arkansas pulled his offer. Um, I don't think, <laughs> I don't mean to be, you know, harsh on the kid, but he was kind of an iffy, iffy get anyways, uh, just as far as like the demand at that position in the sec, he kind of struck me as someone who would probably sit for a while and need a lot of time to develop and, and to and, and to beef up, and he was a, he was pretty pretty skinny linebacker, like six. I think he was like six uh, two or three, like one hundred and ninety five pounds or something. Like he would need a lot of uh, a lot of uh, time to put some weight on. Matt eight wants to know how how are we as far as a kicker? Okay, I, I have no idea. I feel like some of these games could come to a potential kick for the win. How are we there? I don't know. What's I don't know Limper? Anything. Limper to senior. I think Limpert's gone. Yeah, I think okay. he's a senior. 
I think. I may have to look into that for a second here. Um, but, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's gone. I have no idea what they're going to do at kicker. Uh, let's see here. Let me Google up his name. Connor Limpert. That's someone, too, who was, uh, I thought, pretty damn good kicker at Arkansas. Yeah, he's a senior, 6'1", 175-pound senior. Connor Limpert, yep. So I don't, I don't know what they're going to do at kicker. You know, and that's that's another one of those positions you bring in. You could bring in a freshman or a, even a JUCO kicker. We've seen that before, and that that's all of a sudden your kicker. That's your guy. You know, it's not like the other positions on the field where you got to take time to develop. It's either I think in a lot of cases you either got it or you don't. So yeah, I don't know, Matt. Sorry, I don't know if we're going to be able to answer that one um, anytime soon. That again, that's a fluid position. And that may be that may be the same with the quarterback position. I, I'm starting to think they're going to go after because Pittman said this. They're going to leave some room open. They're not going to they're not going to fill the class out. Uh, they're not going to take 25 signees. They're going to take my guess is probably like 21 and leave a few open spots. So we might see a grad transfer quarterback, or maybe a transfer just a, a transfer who might get some immediate eligibility. There, there are some options. But you'll see that transfer portal will grow and grow after the bull season's done with. So who knows what they'll do there? There's going to be a couple positions. I think they're going to be pretty fluid. Kicker, one of them. Quarterback, the other. So uh, all right. Well, 40 minutes in, Porter. I think we're about to close this bad boy out. You got any last thoughts or anything you want to bring up? Oh, other than hey to our fans, Merry Christmas. Mm. The ones traveling. Safe holidays. Uh, it's this is our fiftieth episode. We could not do it without our fans, our Discord fans, our Twitter fans, everybody. You know, we're we're climbing up our way up to the top, and to for all of you out there, Merry Christmas and, and Happy New Year. Mm. We are our Discord's blowing up. We're up to uh, we're closing in on a hundred people in our Discord. And we don't we don't advertise it very much. I do in our in our live streams. I'll post the link once once in a while, and and uh, so. Uh, but the only way you can join our Discord, you have to ask us. You got to ask for a link, or you got to go find one of my YouTube videos where maybe I posted it or pinned it at the top of the comment section, or you can hit us up in the DMs, which people have done at least in my DMs on Twitter at Tazil eighty three. You can also follow us. Uh, at Hog Talk on Twitter as well, and join our Facebook page, which I'm sure a lot of you already have. So yeah, fifty. Freaking episodes, man, Porter. It's been it's it's been pretty fun. Not gonna lie, this is uh, a blast. We've got we've we've accomplished, I think, quite a bit. You know, a special shout out to the Arkansas Alumni Association. How big yes, is that? Definitely. Yeah, twenty twenty is gonna be a great year for us. I mean, look, oh, we're three man. guys, normal guys like everybody else, and, and I think that's where mm. where we set ourselves apart. We we connect with our fans. We're very active with our fans. Um, and I want to continue doing that with all of our new fans. So fans out there, hey, refer a friend. Help us out. Hook us up. You know, we, we're always looking for some some new fans and people to talk football with and basketball. So, um, the, you know, you got the men's basketball doing really well, 10 and 1. Women's basketball, 10 and 1. And looks like the football, football team's starting to, to come up. So, Hopefully, here's to a, a new year, 2020, new decade. Let, let's see what we can bring. Excited about it. 2020 is going to be awesome. I'm uh, I'm really excited about it. So, I know Jacob is too. God willing, we get him on uh, on the Thursday episode so uh, he can be here and talk to you guys. <laughs> have because I know he's got plenty to say. I know he's excited about all that's that's gone down. I know he's real big on 
on the OC hire and on Odom and, and what's going on, obviously, with Boyd and Pittman. So, all right, episode 50. Thank you guys so much. Like Porter said, he said it very well. Thank you. We would not be here without you guys. We really do appreciate you. Uh, I guess until episode 51, we'll see you around. Woo, pig suey. Be careful out there. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.